Sometimes I am amazed at the things that I can remember. And sometimes I'm amazed at the things I've forgotten. But I remembered something this week that goes all the way back to when I was uh, just starting college, uh, just a couple of weeks uh, after my father had died. And this was a long, long time ago, 1970. I was uh, playing the guitar in the youth choir uh, at our little church, and uh, we were going to play on a Sunday night at a very small, I think it was a non-denominational church, outside of Fort Worth in a little community called Maypearl. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands, but does anyone, anyone ever heard of Maypearl before? Very tiny little community. Uh, and we were there on a Sunday night, and they had a quite, we had 30 uh, voices in our choir, and I had a brand new Martin 12D28 uh, uh, acoustic guitar. Best guitar I ever had in my life, and I still wish I had it. That's amazing how you start selling things off when you need to pay for tuition in college, and that's one of the things that, that got sold. But there was a special Sunday night because in this little church, the pastor uh, who lived in Fort Worth, who was not there full time, was going to ordain a deacon that night. And uh, ordination services are much different in the Protestant world than we are when uh, Bishop Schultz ordained me a deacon. One week before Cardinal DiNardo ordained me a priest, uh, there are questions you answer that the bishop gives you where you declare your obedience and fidelity to the faith, to the Gospels. And it's a, very, it's a very wonderful, moving, powerful Mass. We had three priests ordained yesterday at uh, the Co-Cathedral. One of them uh, was a student at my high school, St. John the 23rd in Katy, who's now a priest. So excited for Matthew. But uh, it was different in the Protestant world. The pastor simply calls up the person who's going to be, quote, ordained and gives a little sermon. And he was talking to the young man who had been approved for ordination by the congregation. And uh, it got to the point where the pastor said, and now I'm going to ask you a question. And here's the question he asked him. Your question for tonight is, Give me the definition of the Holy Trinity. How would you answer that? I'll tell you how he did in just a minute. This is the greatest mystery in our faith. This is, a, this is the mystery that the great St. Augustine of Hippo spent most of his life trying to understand. And that wonderful story of how, how, how Augustine had written much of his book, De Trinitate, on the Holy Trinity, and had taken a break to go walk along the beach. And the story is told, and it must have come from St. Augustine himself, because no one was with him, that he was walking along and pondering, how do I, how do I conclude this? How do I finish it? 
How do I finish this great work of mine that's taken two decades? Truth is, he never finished it. And he saw this young boy on the beach. He had dug a little hole with a little uh, spoon, and he sort of ran his hand into the, the little hole, and he had a little bucket. He went out to the water, scooped up some water, came back and poured the little bucket of water in the little hole. Then he dug a little more, and he went and got another bucket full of water, came back, and he did it while Augustine was watching from a distance and thought, that's odd. The truth is, nearly all of us have tried to do that when we were little. But when Augustine went up and said, young boy, what are you trying to do? And he said, I am going to put the ocean in this hole. And Augustine said, that's ridiculous, you can't do that. And all of a sudden, the little boy spoke with a man's voice and looked at him and said, you're trying to fit the Holy Trinity into your brain. Can't do it. This is bigger than we can comprehend. But we believe this is the center point of our faith, that our God, who is one, has nevertheless chosen to reveal Himself to us in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, but one. Not three gods, one God. Not three holies, one holy. Not three almighties, one almighty. Three persons of one substance. Uzia in the Greek. And this is the mystery that we believe. Even though we do not understand it. But we see vestiges and images of the Trinity all around us, even in Scripture. We heard in our second reading today, St. Paul from 2 Corinthians 13, as he's concluding his thoughts to his church in Corinth, which gave him all sorts of trouble. He wrote two letters and maybe a third letter to them, trying to correct some of their mistakes. And he ended by saying the same thing I said at the beginning of the Mass. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us at the end of Matthew's Gospel, ch chapter 28, when He's sending His apostles into the world to baptize and teach, to remind people of all that He had taught, He says to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not the names. Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the three in one, and one in three. As St. Patrick reminds us in his great hymn from the fourth, uh, for the fifth century, St. Patrick's Breastplate, the greatest mystery of our faith. It helps us to comprehend a little what it meant that the Son of God came into this world and took human flesh and was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, his mother. God stepping into His own creation. Not standing aloof and watching as we all fight it out with no hope, but stepping into His own creation to show us to be the way for us to live in this life. To live with mercy and love and compassion and kindness and gentleness 
lifting up one another rather than fighting and tearing each other apart. Truth be told, we live in a world now where you don't have to look very far to see people tearing and fighting and ripping each other apart. It makes news every day. As an old newspaper reporter myself, you know, a good, bad story gets all sorts of publicity. And you write a beautiful, good story, and people want to see more of the other thing. No, it's unfortunate when you turn on the local news, the first seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 11, 12 stories that you see on the local channels are all crime stories. And when they do a special story of a miracle, to me that overshadows all the others. Because the message that God has sent to us through the most holy trinity, through his son Jesus into the world, is that this is a place where we love, not hate. Because love overcomes hate. This is a place where we shine light, not spread darkness, because light always overcomes darkness. This is a place where we spread joy, not sorrow, because joy is more powerful than sorrow. This is a place where life overcomes death. And he proved it by dying on the cross and rising on the third day. This is the greatest part of our faith, and we struggle to try to understand it. When we try, we see images of it in ourselves. We are a trinity of being. We have a body, a physical body. We have a mind, which is electrical charges bouncing around. We have a soul, a spirit in us. So we're a body, mind, and spirit, a trinity of being. Imagine that, creating us in his own image. And that's what we see in us. We get to the very first verse of the Bible. In the Hebrew Scriptures, Genesis 1, verse 1, says, Bereshit bara Elohim, hate Hashemim, or hate Haaretz. In the beginning, God, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the water. And then God spoke His Word. The Word made flesh. Right there, first of Genesis, we see it. And so it's implanted within us through all creation. We can see signs of it. You know, many people have tried to, to give uh, analogies of it. They're, they're all insufficient. We look at, well, water. Take water, for example. It can be uh, a gas, a liquid, or a solid. But that's not sufficient, is it? That doesn't quite work. People say, look at the flame. It, it's a flame. It gives warmth, and it gives light. Three. But that's not quite sufficient either. St. Patrick even said, take the, the clover, the three-leaf clover. One stem, three leaves. But that's not quite sufficient either. So how do we get our minds around this great mystery? Well, it's just the same way we get our minds around everything in our faith. We look to Jesus. We look to Him. If we want to see God the Father, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If we want to comprehend what the very heart of God is like, we see His Son nailed on the cross and God dying for us and rising for us. 
You want to see the very heart of Jesus? This month of June is a month dedicated to honoring the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus. Draw near to his sacred heart for a month and feel the love that God has pouring into the world still. You see, this isn't just some old doctrine from a long time ago that shows up once a year. This is every day for us because God is still active, still working, still with us. His Son is still blessing us. His Son is still teaching us. His Son is still loving us. He still forgives our sins. He still lifts us up when, when we fall. He still hears our prayers. He still responds to us when we go to Him. This isn't some old doctrine that we dust off and look at. This is our lives day by day for the simple reason that He is within you right now. Don't let a day start without remembering that. He is with you and within you. And there's nothing that comes into your life, past, present, or future, height or depth, angel or demon, nothing can come into your life that can ever separate you from the love that God has for you and has given into you through His Son, Jesus Christ. You're His forever. Hold fast to Him because He's already holding fast to you. And remember that He loves you with His whole heart and will never stop. You're His. So how did that young man answer the question? How would you? Have you thought about it? If you had to stand up and say, here's the definition of, of the Holy Trinity, would we probably say something similar to maybe you can never fail by using the words of Jesus? As the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus told us, just as St. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians. But this young man had a little different answer when the pastor said, now give the church your definition of the, the Holy Trinity. This young man said, the Holy Trinity means that God is still in charge. And he's right. God is still in charge. Not the network news. Not the scaremongers, the fearmongers that go around the world trying to make money saying that devastation and corruption and calamity and apocalypse is coming. You ever wondered why people who write about the end always make it somewhere in the future so they can sell more books? No one ever writes a book that says that the end was... Yesterday, you missed it, sorry. Can't make any money off that. Don't believe what the evil one tries to tell us about being fearful and afraid. He is the one, the evil one, is fearful and afraid of the Lord Jesus Christ who lives in you. Remember that. Remember that you are on the victorious side of all of this. And all the negative, dark, evil things that come into your day, your days, day after day, know that they cannot touch you because the Lord Jesus Christ lives within you. Call on Him. Call in the holy name of the blessed, most holy Trinity and know that, yes, indeed, He is still in charge.